generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. I showed you last week, Job said, I love your word more than my necessary food. David said, I rejoice at your word. Like one who has found great spoil. One of the reasons you must rejoice at the word is that you have the only thing God had at the beginning. Come on. You have the thing that God had at the beginning. So if God made everything by the power of the word, listen, if you have the word of God, everything that God has ordained for you is going to come out of that. Okay, everybody is quiet this morning. It's like we need to have a prayer meeting. Glory to God. Stand up, everybody. Pace around here. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost for one to two minutes. I refuse to speak to a dead house. Life is coming into you. You must respond to the word. Can I see you at the back? Open your mouth everywhere in this, word, in this room this morning. Pray that complacency out of your spirit. Yes. You're not here to listen to an entertainer. You're not here to listen to a performance. You're here to participate in the process. Break that spell of quietness. Break it. Break it. Break it. You cannot believe it in slow motion when the enemy is going at fast forward. The enemy is in fast forward mode. The church cannot be in slow motion it says since the days of john the baptist the kingdom of heaven suffered violence guess what it's the violent people the aggressive people that take it by force that quietness that kind of quietness cannot survive the season it must not it, it's not allowed it's not permitted Whatever you need to do to shake it off, shake it off. If you need to pace, pace. If you need to kneel, kneel. If you need to shout, shout. If you need to respond. Whatever you need to do. For the next two minutes, I'm not going to charge you. You charge yourself. opened his mouth in the beginning even God with all power so what have you created that you're already keeping quiet what have you created that you're already complicit what have you birthed what have you produced you must open your mouth to reorganize your life to align the different ingredients of your life to be lined up don't be quiet do you know what Jesus said is that if you don't praise me if you shut down this once the rocks will cry out in other words some things don't shift in the spirit until things cry out 
and if humans will not cry out Jesus says I will cause rocks to cry out why because some things don't respond until there's a cry open your mouth and cry out say this morning as the word is coming I'm crying out in response I'm crying out in resonance I'm crying out in agreement you have 30 more seconds In Jesus' name we have prayed. Now, are you ready for the word? Shout it. Are you ready for the word? Listen, this is the way you change atmosphere in your life. If you don't like what's happening, change it. Are you hearing that? You are all in your 20s and 30s and already acting like that. I reject that for you. I, will, I refuse it. You will not be dull. You will not be quiet. You will not be. The Bible says children of this world are wiser in their age than children of life. Have you seen those parties and rallies? Are they quiet? Are they quiet? So why are you quiet? You that you have the light, that you have the word, that you have the energy. Please give God 30 seconds of wild ecstatic praise right now. Some of you are shouting on one spot. Jump, hop, run. In the beginning, even the Spirit of God moved over the waters. But you, you are standing still. You are sitting still. If the Holy Spirit moved, why are you static? Why are you acting dull? No, we refuse it. We reject it. We annul it. No. In Jesus' name. But seated. Matthew 14. Matthew 14. Go there real quick. Matthew 14 from verse 22. As the word is coming, shout, respond, jump. Don't let your life contract. Don't let your life contract. Pull yourself out of it. Matthew 14 from verse 22 going to be laying a foundation for the instructions I'm giving you this morning in the first service and second service I'll teach more extensively let's read together loud and clear fast paced we read Matthew 14 from verse 22 3 2 1 let's read immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away louder and when he had sent the multitudes away he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. <laughs> But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save 
immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. One of the major things I want to start off today by highlighting to you is that many of us, many of us have become more accustomed to crying out when there is fear than we are to crying out when there is faith. So in this text, don't forget, in this text, on two occasions we see them crying out. The first occasion they see Jesus on water and walking on water and they cried out for what? Fear. The second time we see a cry of fear was when Jesus, Peter was sinking, then he cried out for fear. Isn't it amazing that we are louder about fear than we are about faith? That if a dog or a horse or a cow, for some people, scorpions or give me cockroaches, walk into this room, they will shout louder than they'll say amen. One of the major things you must reconfigure in being built up by the word is you must be louder about what is right than you are about what is wrong. The enemy will recruit you into being an amplifier of negativity if you let him. So, so many times people are scared, they are loud, they are more verbose when it is that things are not going well in their lives. Many of us are louder about our fears than we are about our faith. Look at somebody say, not any longer, not any longer. So when everything was going well in your life, when things were hunky-dory, you were slow to share your testimonies. But now that you feel the pinch and the pain and the pressure, you are crying and we can sit on your face. That is the enemy's strategy. Why? Because he understands that the more witnesses he has concerning the thing, the stronger that thing becomes. It's the principle of God that if two will agree concerning anything, it shall be established. So it also means that when you bring your face in agreement with the negativity, your voice in agreement with the negativity, your money in agreement with the negativity, guess what happens? It becomes stronger in your life. And that's what the devil wants to do, to exaggerate everything that is going wrong. There is somebody here, you've been waiting now all week, and do you know what's been happening? You've been coloring the negativity, you've been amplifying the negativity, you've been breathing on the negativity, you've been thinking about the negativity. But this morning, God is shifting your spiritual temperature in the name of Jesus. In our text, the Bible says that Jesus made them go, he made them go into the boat. They didn't want to go into the boat. He made them go into the boat. I believe that one of the things that God is doing in this series is that he's making you do certain things that you didn't want to do. So last week I gave a list of assignments. Some people did not do it. Guess what? You will do it again this week. I'm going to make you do it. Why? Because if we were to leave you to the whims and caprices of yourself, you will not grow. If we were to leave you to your emotions, you will sink. If we were to leave you to the conditions of the world, you will be crushed. If we were to leave you to your preferences, you will not develop. So God has to make you do some things. The Bible says immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat to 
make means to constrain, to force, to compel. And there are things that God will allow in your life until you align with what he's been telling you for years. For some people, God has been telling you for years, keep your mouth shut when you're angry. But every time you are angry, you still loud it. Every time you're angry, you still post it on your social media status. Every time you're angry, everybody still knows about it. For some people, God has been saying, give me the first part of your money. But for some of you, every time you get your money, you're like, God, you don't need more. You don't even spend money. Money is not your thing. And God will allow you to be constrained by certain things because whenever it is we refuse to learn by divine instructions, then we are compelled to learn by natural conditions. When you refuse to learn by divine instructions, then you're subject to natural conditions. He made them go there. Why? Because he knew that there was more on the other side. Whenever God is giving you an instruction about the word, about prayer, about worship, about evangelism, about giving, about forgiving, about letting go, it is because there is more to your life on the other side of where you are. But many times we like to stick with the familiar. We are comfortable with the familiar. And to be comfortable with the familiar is to be alien to what God has prepared for us. Listen to this. The best of God is not with the rest of the people. That means that what Jesus did here was that he sent the multitudes away. The Moses were sent away, but the disciples were subject to a different set of conditions. This is the reason you will look at other believers or some other friends or family members and say, but these people don't pray, but these people don't give, but these people don't honor God. You are not a part of the multitude. You're a part of the disciples. I know the many times we say, God, make me distinct. Separate me in my generation. Make me alive. But what it also means to be distinct and separated is that whilst the multitudes can go free, to go and enjoy the 12 baskets of bread and fish, you will be constrained into a boat. And can I just announce to somebody that the more exclusive your treatment is, the more extraordinary your assignment is. So every other person can hang around the wrong club or the wrong clique or the wrong committee. But have I got anybody here who is not just a passerby or a Jesus fan? Is there anybody here who's a kingdom influencer who understands that God has set a standard for me not just as a believer but he has set a standard for me as an example to the believers Paul said to Timothy he said don't just be a believer he said be an example to the believers and if that's you God is going to constrain you God is going to be upon you you're going to like a boy that looks like the one and God is going to say no that boy is a toy and it will not bring you any joy come on God is going to constrain you you're going to look at a dress you want to buy and God will say the dress is good but you're not going to buy it. God is going to constrain you. I don't know who I'm talking to but some of you look like you're a part of the multitude. You're looking like there's no constraint or definition upon your life. But can I get somebody who's been constrained recently? Who wants to leave their place of work but God says stay there? Who even wanted to leave kings but God says stay there? Who wanted to stop praying but God said keep on praying? Because God is making you get into the board and there is something for you on the other side. If it's 
it's not you I'm talking to. Keep wearing the six o'clock long face like a spaghetti believer. But if it's you I'm talking to, I wanted to low like somebody and say God is constraining you because there is more on the other side. God is constraining you. He's making you step into the boat. He's making you. He didn't want to preach on the boss, but he made you preach. He didn't know what you said, but you did the will of God. He didn't know, he didn't know where to turn, but he made you do it because if God can constrain you, you are well on your way to what he's doing on the other side. Not somebody say, God is constraining me. And the word says that he began to walk. They were on the boat and he began to walk on water. They were in that boat and Jesus joined them at the fourth watch of the night. The Jews, they divided the days of the, or rather hours of the day into, into eight watches. So there was the midnight watch, there was the 3 a 3 a.m. watch, there was the uh, uh, 9, 6 a.m. watch, there was the 9 a.m. watch, there was the 12 noon watch, there was the 3 p.m. watch, and then the watches of the night, 6 p.m., 9 p.m., 12 midnight, and 3 a.m. The fourth watch of the night was 3 a.m., and at 3 a.m., Jesus was walking on water. At 3 a.m., Jesus was walking on water. Oh, Lord, help me preach this. At 3 a.m., Jesus was walking on water. At 3 a.m., is it dark or is it bright? So in the deepest darkness of the night, the word was walking on water. The word, watch this, was not deactivated by darkness. The word was not compromised by darkness. The word was not rendered impotent by darkness. The word was not rendered irrelevant by darkness. When darkness is around, that's the time for the word to be activated. And some of us, we see darkness all over the world right now. Darkness due to COVID-19. Darkness due to the Nigerian situation. Darkness due to insecurity. But even at 3 a.m., the word still has the capacity to work. Why? The strength of the word is not derived from the light of the sun because the word itself is the sun of righteousness that is rising with healing in his wings. The word itself is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. Jesus did not need light to walk because he's the light of the word or oh, the light of the world. Jesus did not need somebody to show him where do you step? It's bad enough to try to walk on water and by the way if you're walking on land somebody can describe and say you turn right you turn left you see a tree and then you turn by the tree you see a mountain on the water there is no landmark there is no sea mark but when you are walking with the word your direction is from within for as many as are led by the spirit of God they are the sons of God they are not waiting for signs they are the sign they are not waiting for wonders they are the wonders themselves they are not waiting for circumstances they are the circumstances they are not intimidated by the storm they are the storm themselves they storm their world with revelation that was what Jesus was doing he could have walked by 9 p.m. but he wanted to prove a point that no matter how dark 
dark the darkness in your life is if you have the word you can still move forward if you have the word you can still locomote you can still trans move transport yourself if the word is still there then you cannot be deactivated or dull even if your name is Dolapo by the way I love Dolapo but even if you have dollars uh, by the way I like to spend dollars for kingdom purposes no matter how dull you may be listen to this uh, if you have the word you can still move uh, you can still break through you can still leap over walls and run through troops you can still do extraordinary things uh, if you know that's true uh, I wanted to shout I have the word and therefore I'm still moving shout I'm still moving because I have the word he moved by 3 a.m. by 3 a.m. people are sleeping so when you move by the word when men are asleep you are active when men their minds go to sleep you know how a computer goes to sleep no activity let me prophesy over somebody 2021 will be a year of massive enlargement for you that people will say you are not ordinary what was your secret show us the way and you will say Jesus Christ is the way he is the truth he is the life who am I talking to let the word meet you rejoicing he had no navigational system because by him were all things created Ayabasa, he walked on water he walked on water he did not sink in water he walked on water so the word can reconfigure the environment the word can translate transpose can shift some of you still struggle with the word healing your body or healing your leg or something like that but can I remind you that when the Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and further along it says the word became flesh do you know that it was really the word of God that became flesh it became matter it became protoplasm it became cells the word literally became flesh that's why your mind is needed to understand the word of God because some of us think it's a theological concept we think it's a Bible language he's saying the flesh of Jesus was literally the word of God you're not hearing what I'm saying it was made by the word the word took on flesh it was not made by man and so when Jesus began to walk on water it was divinity how can the created swallow up the creator somebody shall could happen how can the created swallow up the creator how can that which was made on the fourth day swallow the one who made all things before there was any day listen some of you think that God lives in heaven God does not even live in heaven because the Bible says in the beginning God made heaven and earth which means God existed before he made heaven so where was God before heaven was made you're not hearing what I'm saying right now so when you think about the goodness of God stop thinking about him like we serve him God we, we honor him see him as the eternal creator see him as the light that shines in darkness see him as the one who makes all things possible see him as the one the walking water walking deliverer of your life and your soul see him as the one who's able to shift the impossible my god who am i talking to i wish there was somebody who would honor him enough to get out of the seat and get out of the chair and wave their hands to god and say god i honor your word honor your word many of us have become familiar with the word jesus was walking on the sea <laughs> walking 
on what should have drowned him. This year, you are going to walk on what will drown others. And you're not going to do that out of superiority. You're going to do that out of revelation. Out of revelation. He walked on water. And guess what happened? Give me the next verse. The word says, the looked. Next verse, give, give it to me real quick. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. A testimony looks like trouble to the uninitiated. They saw Jesus walking on water. And instead of them to get excited and to celebrate it, they were troubled. What causes trouble in your life is not what you see, but how you see it. What causes trouble in your life, what troubles you, is not what you see, it's how you see it. And how you see it is a reflection of your internal convictions and reality. Because they saw Jesus walking on water. And instead of them to be excited, animated, joyful, grateful, they said, Ah! Oh, Juju Kalaba. Give me those things. Madame Koi Koi, Bush Baby. Who remembers the tales of Bush Baby? Bought now secondary school. Anybody went to Bought now secondary school? Bush Baby, give me those things that he used to say. Madam Koi Koi, who else? Mami Water, Ye Moja, give us some more. Why are you all forming posh? <laughs> they were afraid, and listen, when they were afraid, is fear external or internal? Internal. Then what did they say? It's a ghost. Why? Because what you see internally will affect what you say externally. So when they were afraid internally, their words were fearful. That is exactly what the enemy wants because he understands that in the beginning was the word, not the thoughts. And that God said, not God thought. In other words, no matter what you're surrounded by, once you start speaking fear, you are positioned to sink. That's why even if you feel the fear, don't speak the fear. Because the moment you speak it, you have released energy into the systems of the earth. And guess what? Spirits are fed and empowered by words. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. John 6, 63. So when I speak to you, your spirit is contacting the spirit of the word. And your spirit is drawing the life of the word. What it also means is that when I speak by the spirit of God, I'm speaking the life of the spirit. That's why there are two laws. He said, there's the law of sin and death. And there's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The law, there are two laws. My God, somebody say two laws. Look at somebody say two laws. Somebody shout at two laws. There are laws and there are laws that override laws. So there's the law of gravity. The law of gravity is real. It says that everything that goes up must come down. Come on somebody. 
So if you throw something up, is it going to float? Is it going to land on the ground? Because there's gravitational pull. Now there are people who live in the law of gravity. They walk on the earth, they jump, they run, they skip, but they are still on the earth. But there is another law called the law of aerodynamics, which says that if the lift and the thrust is greater than the weight and the drag, then the same thing that was supposed to sink will start floating. So guess what? When it is that you go to an aircraft or the airport and you jump on the airplane, has the law of gravity ceased to exist has it ceased to exist it has not ceased to exist but it has ceased to have a power or its grip on you why because you are plugged into another law you are plugged into a higher law you are plugged into the law of aerodynamics so where are you going to leave are you going to live in gravity or are you going to live in aerodynamics are you going to live in sin and death or are you going to live in spirit and life are you going to live down and under for the bible says he that is above is above all and when Jesus comes we will defy the law of gravity because we shall see him as he is in other words what I'm saying to you is that whatever is happening around you in your generation does not need to apply to you if you understand there is a higher law there is a higher law in the word of God there is the law of divine exclusion there is the law of supernatural separation there is a law my God of five loaves of bread and two fish but there is a higher law of multiplication there is a law of Lazarus is dead but in the higher law it's not death it's sleep there is a law of Jairus's daughter has died but there is a law that says even resurrection power is real there is the law where Jonah swallows rather the fish swallows Jonah but there is a law where Jonah has to be spewed out by the fish which law are you living in there is the law of depression but there is the law of joy there's the law of the garments of heaviness but there is a spirit of praise there is the law of the economy is hard but there is a law of my economy is soft my produce is rich and full my land is soft with showers my field drinks the rain of heaven which law are you in there is the law of a straight face dull atmosphere but there is a law of I'm an activator I'm a kingdom influencer there is a higher law who am I speaking to this morning who's about to enter into the higher law of the word of God there is the law of we toiled all night and we caught nothing but there is another law nevertheless at thy word I will let down the nets and there will be a mighty catch there is the law of Peter or Paul you never saw Jesus but there is another law even though Paul was the last of the apostles the first shall be the last and the last shall be the first don't ever believe your medical doctor more than Jesus don't believe the accountant more than Jesus don't believe the engineer more than Jesus why the doctor went to school a man taught him at school the engineer went to school a man or woman taught him at school the lawyer went to school but God nobody taught God God doesn't go to school God doesn't learn from anybody he know they learn walk he know they learn walk I'm saying to somebody let every man be a liar and let the law of God be true not somebody with your leg and tell that person plug in to the higher law plug in to the word of God plug in to the word of God stop 
stop selling for the newspaper. The newspaper tells you what has happened. But God's news tells you what will happen. What is possible. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The newspaper is old. But the Bible says all things have passed away. All things have become new. The newspaper will show you man's old wickedness. But the word of God shows you God's new mercies. So no matter who curse you. No matter who hexed you. There is a higher law. There is a higher law. A dog can be barking. But if you are in the aircraft, you can't hear the dog. You can't see the lion. Lions cannot catch up with you when you are flying. Oh, are you hearing what I'm saying? House flies. They are called house flies. When you get into the higher law of the rocket of God, you can see the flies there because you are flying and because you're fly. Are you hearing what I'm saying right now? Somebody shout higher, 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 higher. Shout it higher, 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 higher. A higher law. A better law. A better law. A better law. Rapata. Shaprata pata ropakata rasopala evruza pakiata base ola posiakata a high We haven't started tapping into the potential of the spirit until people ask what kind of person are you safe? Your life is ordinary until somebody asks you that question directly or indirectly. How do you do the things that you do? There must be fruit in your life that defies the logic of science. Otherwise, you're not tapping into the potential of your spirit, man. You're not. People must ask you, like they ask me online, how does your brain work? How do you do these things? How are you able to? Somebody raise your right hand and shout, I'm built up in the word. Shout and plug into the higher law. Shout aloud, I plug into the higher law. Oh God, Jesus, listen, was walking on water. He was not tiptoeing, he was walking. Trust me, he was not walking on physical water. He was walking on the word. How do I know he was walking on the word? Shall listen to this. Because Jesus knew that he came to the earth so he could die, be resurrected, and raise many sons unto glory. And he knew that there was a word that was spoken to him from before the foundations of the earth. So in Hebrews 10, it says, Behold, I come in the volume of the books is written on me to do your will, O God. What was the word that was written concerning Jesus before the foundations of the earth? What did the prophet say about him? The prophet said, Behold, the Lamb of God. He was slain. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. Jesus was so in tune with his prophetic word that he knew the word was not. He was drowned for our iniquities. So Jesus knew that he could never die by drowning. Because all the prophetic words, because when people drown, they don't bleed. And 
and the word concerning him is the Lamb of God was slain from before the foundations of the world. When you are not clear about your prophetic word, you wonder, will I die by drowning? But when you know you will drown, you will die by the shedding of blood, metaphorically. You will not be afraid of certain things. Listen, when you know what God has said concerning your life, the fears begin to dissolve. He knew he could not die by drowning. He knew he could not drown by dying. So he was walking on water. The knowledge of God's word concerning you reconfigures your confidence. He was walking on water. The prophet spoke about his death. It was clear. Blood had to be shed. If you drown, blood is not shed. So he knew he couldn't die by drowning. May the Lord boost your confidence by the injection of a fresh word. That amen looks like it needs confidence. And the word says that Peter looked, watch this, and Peter said, If it's you, tell me to come. Malakosa. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. <laughs> and Jesus said, come. And Peter got out of the boot. Or as my children would call it, the boot. <laughs> they got out of the boot. And he walked on the water, or he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Can I propose to you? Can I propose to you? There are certain things that God constrains you into. There are other things that God waits for you to invite yourself into. Oh, some of y'all, some of y'all get that. And it took me years to understand this. That some things are yours by divine allocation. But some things are only released to you by passionate petition and requisition. This is the reason many believers live and die ordinary lives. Because even though they are in the boat of salvation, they have not stepped out of the comfort of salvation to the seas where they can demonstrate the supernatural. At the beginning of the story, Jesus confined them to go into the boat. But he didn't confine or constrain anybody to walk on water. There are two kinds of believers. Boat believers. And water walking believers. Who are you going to be this year? Who are you going to be this year? Who are you going to be this year? Where are you going to walk this year? What are you going to do this year? I was one out of 12 disciples. I wonder who that one is going to be at Kings. Good to see you, sir. I wonder who that one is going to be. That when everybody is seated, they are standing. That when everybody is quiet, they are shouting. That when everybody is acting normal, there is a fire burning in them. Peter said, if it's you, tell me to come. Because I know you are good. I know you are pure. I know your mercy is endure forever. You are not going to allow them to sink. Is there anybody who's ready to invite themselves into a divine experience? To say, God, I'm stepping out of the boat of complacency. Stepping out of the boat of normalcy. Stepping out of this boat. I'm stepping out of the confinement. So Jesus said, come. And guess what? Peter was not walking on water. Listen, Peter 
Peter was not walking on water, how do I know? Because if he was walking on water, he would have walked on water before Jesus said, come. Peter was walking on the word. C-O-M-E. He was walking on the word. He wasn't walking on water. If you walk on the word, water will carry you. Question! Are you engaging the word? That's the big question. Are you engaging the word? So there are seven points I'm going to give. I want to give two or three. Two or three in this first service. And I'll give the remaining four or five in the second service. Are you engaging the word? Because listen, Jason, Jesus was in their view. Yet, Jesus was not in their experience. So there are those of us who have the word in our view, but the word is not made manifest in our experience. Because the fact that you can see the word of Faraf does not mean you are interpreting his intent in the light of God's word. Because they saw him, said he's a ghost. It's something scary. God has given somebody a scary prophecy and you're saying he's a ghost. It's a ghost. It's a mirage. I can't hold it. I can't grasp it. I can't be intimate with it. It's a ghost. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. It's a ghost. What are you saying concerning your prophetic word? Somebody shout and build up. If you're going to be built up by the word, the first thing is you must hear the word. That's the first thing. You must hear the word. If you're going to have an intimate experience with the word of God in your life, the very first thing, the first level of operating, manifesting the power of the word is hear the word. Listen, Jesus was there. Peter didn't just see Jesus. He said, if it's you, tell me to come. So when I see the word of God, I also want to hear the voice of God. I talked that last week. It's not the text of the word that changes you. It's the voice of the word that changes you. When the Bible says in the beginning, God made heaven and earth by speaking his word, by the power of his word. It was not the written word that created them and the other was the spoken word. So until you hear the voice of the word, you can be guaranteed that something has been produced in your life. Somebody say, hear the word. Cultivate the habit of hearing the word because you have cultivated the habit of hearing TikTok. TikTok. And whilst you're on TikTok, your destiny clock is going TikTok. You turn on the notification bell, yet your name doesn't ring a bell. If you can't say yay, say ouch. Now you're asking who's going to bail the cat because your greatest dream is to be on Bell Niger. But if you hear the bell of the word ringing, listen, if you hear the bells of God in the secret place, men will know that your voice or your name will ring bells in the public place. Hear the word because you have developed the habit of being on people's updates. Some of us, listen, we are more familiar with people's updates than heaven's updates. So you're on somebody's story. You're stalking people. If you want to stalk somebody, stalk God. 
let God say, ah, this guy, you're always, ah, 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 ah. Jesus tells us a story of that George. Remember the George? Luke 18. That didn't fear any man or woman. You remember that, George? And the woman kept on saying, avenge me, avenge me, avenge me. Look at what Jesus said. So when the Son of Man re returns to the earth, shall he find faith on earth? So Jesus is equating faith with persistence, with importunity, with consistency. In other words, you cannot claim that you have faith until you've developed a consistent pattern that is rooted in that faith. How do I know? Because Jesus, Peter didn't just step on water. That's the first thing. He walked on water. We don't know whether you are walking or hopping when your foot is just one foot that is on the ground. Oh, come on. Because one foot on the ground, you might be hopping, you might be running. What establishes the kind of movement is walking. And walking is almost predictably paced, equidistant. That's why we call it the walk of faith. We walk by faith. It is not hopping today and standing still tomorrow. Oh, come on. It's not memorizing the Bible on Monday, but by Thursday, your Bible now has cobwebs. Digital spiders have spun a web around your mobile phone. By the way, it's called a mobile phone. You move with it. As you're moving with your mobile phone, don't let your mobile phone immobilize your spirit. Don't let your mobile phone make you immobile. Hear the word. Have you developed a pattern of listening to messages again in the course of the week? Why? Listen, because what you hear determines what you fear. What you hear, somebody say what I hear, determines what I fear. Your life is shaped by your beliefs. Your life is shaped by what you believe. What you believe is determined by what you hear. What you hear is determined by the voices you pay attention to. So many of us, we think that confessing the word on Sunday is going to perfect the rest of the week. No, it's a daily thing. It's a daily thing. You can't just confess one out of seven days and expect the remaining six days to line up with a confession of one day. You've got to declare it over and over. Somebody say, hear the word. Say it like you're hearing this word. Say it loud and strong. Say, hear the word. Romans 10 verse 17. He says, faith comes. How? Hearing. And hearing by the word. So when Jesus said to Peter, come. That simple word, that single word, come, carried faith on the inside of it. When it landed in the heart of Peter, guess what happened? That faith opened up like a capsule, exploded, releasing its contents and its intents on the heart of Peter. And by that same faith that was distilled and deposited in the heart of Peter, Peter was able to step out. Let me tell you something. Once you change your diet from gossip to God's seep, once you change your diet from all the spam mails and, and all those people wearing fun of things online and you change it to what God is wearing, you will begin to step out 
of the things you were born into. You will step out of the patterns you were born into. You will step out of the limitations you were born into. And you will step out of the sensations, the negativity you were born into. I prophesy over somebody's life. You will not look like where you grew up. You will not, that amen needs and you will not look like where you grew up. You will not look like the family you were born into. I mean no disrespect, but God is about to shatter limits, patterns, cycles, tendencies, idiosyncrasies, philosophies in your life. You're coming out in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout, I will hear the word. The Bible says, once has it been said, twice have I heard the power belongs to God. In Acts chapter 10 verse 44, he says, as Peter spoke these words, what happened? The Holy Spirit fell upon all those who did what? Shout, who did what? What was Peter speaking? These words. Who did the Holy Spirit fall upon? Those who? So in the words of a preacher, there is a word for you. And it's possible for you to be distracted from the word in the middle of the words. That's why if you're in this house and during the message somebody is distracting you, tell the person, get behind me, Satan. I'm not telling you to do what's not biblical. I'm not saying they are devils. I'm saying they are an enemy of what God is saying to you. Jesus said to Peter, get behind me, sleep. If, you're, if the word is coming and sleep is catching you, that's Satan. Somebody say Satan. If the word is coming and you're feeling sloppy, do a prayer walk at the back. Are you hearing this now? Because the word, the spirit did not fall on those who heard the words. See that, do you see? Peter spoke plural, the spirit fell on those who heard the singular word. So there might be many of those singular words for you. This is the reason you don't get everything in one listen. I listen to some of my messages and I'm blessed because I don't listen like I'm listening to myself. Are you getting this now? Say to somebody, schedule time, make out time. Isn't it amazing? Women, how long does it take for you to make your her? Your, your her? Some of you have like five things. You have to lose the hair. Some people cut it. Some people pluck it. Roll something over it, dehydrate it, gelato it, gelato. <laughs> That's the one you put it. Is that the word in the words? <laughs> and then some of you need to permit, even though you're not a permanent secretary. Some of you need to come, come, come. Some of you need to jerry curl. <laughs> don't leave me, don't leave me. Leave me. <laughs> I need to close. Some of you. And then, if you're now doing million braids, take a million years. So how do you schedule time to listen? When they're making the million braids, plug your ears and listen to the word. One of my mentors in the personal development space, he says, you must learn how to use net. Somebody say net. What's the net? No 
extra time. That's net. In other words, put the word into something that you already do. Are you getting it? My wife and I is habitual. We're driving. At some point, if it's longer than 30 minutes, we're going to pray in tongues. So we're going to discuss the word. We're going to speak the word. Are you understanding this? Those who work with me know that as well. No extra time. Oh, I don't have time. I don't have time. Put the word in the bathroom. Let's start with that. And put your speaker on loud volume. Even if you do rub and shine. You know rub and shine? You know rub and shine? <laughs> Bowl of water, you scoop it. <laughs> like. <laughs> Some of you all, you juggle the water. So the water can be enough. No extra time. Hear the word. Somebody say, hear the word. Play it around. Record it. By the grace of God, Jerry is working. Where's Jerry? We recorded the declarations in the course of the week. celebrate Jerry. So we recorded. It's going to be ready this week, right? So we're going to push it out to you. Put it on SoundCloud and the groups so you can listen to it. You must hear the word. You must hear the word. Number two, I'll pick it up from number two in the second service. You must read the word. Because many of us, we hide under hearing the word. But Jesus, he tells us, Jesus read the word. We know that. Matthew 12, 3 to 5. Matthew 12, 3 to 5. But he said to them, have you not read? That means he had read. Have you not read what David did when he was hungry, he and those who were with him? Have you not read? You remember, I believe it was Luke chapter 2 or John chapter 2, somebody confirmed for, them, for me real quick. When Jesus was interviewing the scribes and the Pharisees, he was questioning them. For you to ask your professor a question on his level, you must have read on his level, true or true? So at the age of 12, Jesus was already asking questions. By your questions, we know the level you're operating at. And listen, if you don't learn the, the process of asking God questions by reading the word, when life asks you questions, you will not have the answers. But when you've asked God the questions that reveal the depth of his wisdom, when life asks you questions, you will have the answers. Are you following this now? He told him, have you not read? And why did he say that? Because he was doing something to what David said. He said, David, egg the showbread. Or showbread, according to KJV. Have you not read? Have you not read? Verse 5. He says, or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath, the priest in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? Have you not read? Have you not read? Look at some say, have you not read? Have you not, have you not, have you not read? Luke 11. And Luke 11, it was interrogating 15, 53. Luke 11, 53. That's when it was asking the, the scribes and the Pharisees. When it was, at, when it was 12. I'm looking for the one when he was 12, when he was a young boy. I think it's much earlier than that. After his parents came to look for him. John 2 or Luke 2 or something. Right? Have you not heard? Have you not read? 
Look at some say, have you not read? So he expects us to read. He expects us to read. And there are many references. First Timothy 4.13. Paul said to Timothy, till I come, what should you do? First Timothy 4.13. You've got to write the first time. Till I come, give attention to... Look at that. What's going on? First Timothy. Till I come, what should you do? Give attention to... To reading. This is what I call code red. R-E-D. I taught you once as kids two years ago. R-E-D. Reading. Exhortation. And doctrine. R-E-D. Reading. Exhortation. Doctrine. He said give attention to it. Do you know why? If you don't give attention to it, there will never be time for it. Life will take it over. Circumstances will take it over. Things will blow it over. Circumstances will swallow up the written time. But I proclaim that this week you're going to read the word of God. And there are many practical things you can do. I'm closing. Give me some music. Ma'am? Luke 2, 46. Yeah, and it was earlier. So in Luke 2, 46, Jesus was talking to the scribes and the Pharisees and the professors of law. A 12-year-old had enriched himself with so much knowledge. Most of the gaps in your life are wisdom gaps. And one of the ways in which wisdom finds references is knowledge. Knowledge is not the same thing as wisdom, but it's difficult for you to have wisdom without the right knowledge. He asks questions. Read the word. Somebody say, read the word. Final reference for the service, Colossians 3.16. He said, let the word of God dwell in you richly in all wisdom. And don't wait for a microphone at Kings for you to teach. Teaching and admonishing. So let's have more teaching phone calls than gossip phone calls. Our generation says, have you heard? Have you heard? Jesus said, have you not read? Have you not read? Have you heard what they did? Have you not read what God says you should do when they do what they did? He said, let it, allow it to let. What does it mean to let? Make the space available for occupation. Come on, somebody. Isn't that what it means to let? Let the word of God make the space of your life available for occupation by the word let the word of god dwell in you richly somebody say richly how do you how does something dwell richly in you how do you i don't want to give you the answer how how does something dwell richly in you you increase its what concentration god said to me years ago what you concentrate on determines what's concentrated in your life. So anything that is concentrated in your life, you have concentrated on at a certain point. So if you have witty remarks, you've concentrated on witty remarks. If you have foolish remarks, you've been concentrating on foolish thoughts. If you have fearful expressions, you've been concentrating on fear. If you're often rude, you've been concentrating. Whatever you have in abundant proportion in your life is a reflection of what you have paid attention to, either in your subconscious mind or in your conscious mind for a protracted season. 
this morning as we close, I want to stand up and make a commitment. This week, I'm going to read and I'm going to hear the word. One of the things some of you need to do is you need to jump on a Bible plan. I think I need to recommend some Bible plans this week. What some of you might want to do is want to get on a, on a personal plan. So at different times in my life, I say, I'm reading all the epistles in the next two weeks or the next three weeks. Sometimes next 10 days. You version has thousands and thousands of plans. My wife and I are on one. In the course of the week, I spoke to Maya. He's on that plan that we're on as well. There are many plans. But see, the plans can be there, but do you have a plan for the plan? God has plans for your life, but do you have a plan for God's plans? Are you following this? How many watches are you keeping? Plan it. You can plan it. Four watches in a day. One, I'm listening to a message. One, I'm praying in tongues. One, I'm interceding. One, I'm declaring the word. Plan it. Get a grip on your life. Organize your life around the word of God. Are you understanding this? Look at what happens to many of us. We live in the world and we make occasional references to the word. But God wants us to live in the word and make it apply to the world. Don't live in the world. Live in the word. Make a prayer to the Lord in one minute. And when you make this prayer, don't be quiet. Make it loud. Lord, I will hear your word this week and I will, and I will read your word this week. Make it loud. Make it loud. Make it loud. Make it loud. Say you will hear the word and you will read the word. I believe that we have over 200 messages. Media confirmed that for me. I believe we have over 200 messages on our SoundCloud. Over 200. And I'm very sure that at least one of them speaks to where you are right now. It could be one we preached in 2018 or 2019 or maybe even 20, end of 2017. We started October 2017. So this is about three and a half years. Well, three years and four months. I will hear the word. And I will read the word. Revelations 1.3. He said, blessed is everyone who reads the word of this prophecy. Do you know there's a blessing just for reading the prophetic word? Just reading it. How was Jesus able to reply the devil? He said, it is written. For him to know what was written, when the devil came to tempt him, Matthew 4. For him to know what was written, he had read it. The reason you fell the last temptation was that that temptation met you empty. That temptation did not meet its antidote in you. That temptation did not meet the bulletproof. The enemy will fire bullets at you. But do you have the bulletproof of the word? So when the bullet of fear comes, there's already a bulletproof that says, Though I walk in the valley of the shadow of that, I will fear no evil. Why? Not because of motivational thinking or self-will. Because your rod and your staff come for me. You are with me. Father, we make this our proclamation. Raise your right hand and say, Father. Raise your voice louder than you've raised your hand. Say, Father. Thank you for your word. I choose to live in your word. Say loud, I choose to live in your word. 
I choose to hear your word. I choose to read your word. Today I receive grace to function by the governance of your word. Every day of this week, I will read your word. I will hear your word. And I will dwell in your word. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Somebody give God praise for grace to stay in the word. Give God grace. Give God praise for grace. You may be seated real quick. A generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this out.